Good evening, Identity Church. Good evening. We're, um, we just got through with worship, and you know, I just felt prompted that we needed to close our eyes and just, because the song had the, ver- the chorus in there, it's your breath in our lungs. And you know, I've been teaching on the heart of the imagination, prayer and worship, Sunday, and we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about it today, but one of the things that I wanted to bring about, just for just a minute, to kind of show whet your appetite, is that you can turn on music and you can let the words that are being painted, you can have them show up in your, in your mind and in your imagination. You know, one of the things that I always see is that when I engage my imagination, when I see the words, when I see God's word coming to pass in my heart, my belief system, and in my mind, my will, and my emotions, do you know what happens? I start connecting to God. The Spirit of God that's on the inside of me. The anointing of God. Do you know that you can have moments of just grace and mercy and peace and power by just engaging God. And a lot of people go, well, I read my Bible in the morning. Well, that's good because the Holy Spirit can use that word in order to teach you stuff, right? But the problem is, is that if all you do is you just, I listened to five minutes worth of praise and worship. I read one chapter in my Bible. You know, that's not enough. That's not enough. I mean, I will tell you there's been times where within less than five minutes I could get in the spirit. But I will tell you that that is not a, that is not a common thing that happens. In fact, I will I'll actually let you know that there has been times where it's been hard. Right? Because you got the day. How many people work today? All right. How many people wanted to come today? Y'all did? Oh, goodness. I feel, I feel like I'm... I'm the the bad one here. Oopsie. But see, I was sitting there today going, you know what? Why couldn't this be like Thursday? Because, you know, I mean, we've been doing a lot around the church. We've been, I've had a co-op and I've been having to deal with all this stuff. But do you know that it was hard? It was hard. So I actually, on, you know, I actually, before Heather got home, I was looking over my, my you know, which I had meetings all this afternoon, but there was like an hour. And I was just sitting there and I was meditating on the word. I was meditating on what I was going to say tonight. You know, just opening myself up for the Holy Spirit to use me. And he's going to use us mightily, right? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get us started. So on Sunday, I actually started this, is that hypocrites love to pray. You know that Jesus, you know, Bad Jesus. He just went around and he just started making everybody feel bad about themselves, right? Well, you bunch of hypocrite Pharisees and Sadducees. You know that Jesus wasn't against the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was against their religion. See, you want to know what God really hates? He hates when people make idols. Not these little bitty figurines that, you know, you can have a little bitty... You know, action figure. You know, when I was a kid, we used, you know, mom and dad used to buy me the Transformers. I remember I would have those things. You'd, you'd have those around. Well, those couldn't be an idol because I actually didn't put my faith in those Transformers, right? But see, 
I can change the way I believe about God, though. I can change the way I see God. You know, the world does this all the time. We see this all the time from the world. The world will say, well, you know, God was a mean God back in the Old Testament. You know, he just, he got to free reign, go crazy on people. And then in the New Testament, he was, he's love. And I'm like, no, he was love the whole time. Do you know that, you know, the stories that are told about God by the Holy Spirit I mean, if, I was, if, if God had said, Dusty, I want you to write first Dusty, and I was back then, you know, and I was back in this time, do you know that it would have a little bit of my flair? It would have some really weird jokes, dad jokes. I would be, I'd be up here. It would have my flavor. You can go and look at Paul. You find Paul's flavor. Do you know Hebrews? No one knows who really did it, but if you read it, it's Paul. Because it sounds like Paul. It feels like Paul. There's no Paul written on it, but you got to understand that it was Paul. Well, the, the same thing. If somebody's viewpoint of the world and God's telling them, hey, this is something you need to write down, well, they're going to put it from their viewpoint. So I look at it a lot of times that a lot of these guys, they were like, I don't know the difference between the devil and God because some of them didn't know there was a devil. How about that? How about after a certain amount of time, the devil became a child of light, right? He would come out, out and do things that people thought was good, and he would deceive. Well, you know, Adam and Eve saw the serpent. They didn't see the devil. I mean, everybody understands that, right? I mean, you know, there was a snake. He was walking around. He was talking to Adam and Eve, and he was doing his thing. Do you know that, that this, is the, this is the thing? God said... That, that Jesus would, brute, would smash the serpent's head and it, it would bruise his heel. Do you know that the reason is is because the serpent's standing there with fully just, you know, possessed by the devil. You know, we, we tend to think of the devil as, well, he's not an angel, but he's still an angel. See, angels are just another form of the spirit. They're just... They're not with God, right? See, Lucifer, everybody thinks, well, Lucifer was a being of light, and then he turned into the, the crusty old devil. <laughs> you know, I've got my horns and, and i got a forked tongue. Well, do you know that he never quit being a being of light? He just changed his, he just changed his allegiances. See, we have to understand that when, when people are writing stuff about God, they may be taking it from their own point of view. Also, they didn't understand that God wrote some things specifically for Israel, right? So all the times that they thought God was really mean and upset was because he was upset with Israel. He wasn't going around killing people you know, all over the world. Chinese people were perfectly fine. Everything was perfectly fine in China. Everything was perfectly fine over here, right? There was no... There was no amount of evil that was going on from God's perspective. He was love. But he was dealing with a nation, and that nation was being rebellious. So daddy had to go whoop some tail, right? But see, this is the thing. God was not upset at the Pharisees. God loved them. But see, the Pharisees, they would not change their heart when they saw God. 
So God had to deal with them. So he called them things like you brood of vipers. Well, he called, Jesus calls them a hypocrite right here. And it says in verse 5 of, of Matthew chapter 6, and it says, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. Do you know that, that most of the time when people are praying, especially if they are praying with somebody or for somebody, their reward was, a, was about the, the instance of prayer. I think it was, um, I think it was Joyce Meyer that said that, that this verse is the one that God used to show her that she had a wrong heart about giving. She would like give a friend or something, something uh, like a, a brooch or whatever. And she tells this story, and y'all probably heard about the Jesus brooch, and she shows all these people, I'm going to give it to my friend Reba. And so then they, she goes to give it to it, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, well, then you've gotten your reward. Everybody got to see you give it. And that changed her mindset about what am I supposed to do when I pray? What am I supposed to do when I give? It's because I got my reward by the, the grandiose, well, I hope you got everybody go, you're just so awesome. Because that's all you're going to get out of that reward, right? See, God wants you, to, wants you to understand that these prayers never got answered. See, this is, the, this is the thing you have to understand is that when you pray a hypocritical prayer, when you're, when you're turning it really, I'm praying for you, but... I really want people to know about me, right? Then that was never a prayer that made it past the top of your nose. You know, Womack always says that when we pray, you know, it's supposed to go beyond our nose to God. Well, God's in here. We pray down. He's in us, right? But most of the time people think, well, I got to pray. I got to get it. I scream, I shout, I, or whatever. But do you know that God himself is not about us praying this long, drawn-out prayer. He wants us to get to the point, by the way. How many, how, anybody, he is busy. He's got a lot of stuff to do. If you go watch Evan Almighty, he's typing up all those emails saying yes. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a, a point where we have to understand that God speaks to us in the still, small voice in a, in a moment. God sometimes wants us to do the exact same thing. Get to the point, son. You know, I don't know how many people, when, you know, Caleb's in the back, but Kaylee and Caleb both loved to tell stories when they were kids. And they would run around and they would like, Dad, Dad, Dad. Well, I did the same thing to my parents. I remember doing this all the time. I love to tell stories. But I remember standing there going, uh-huh, okay, that was a great story. Okay, let me go over here and finish doing Oh, you got another one. <laughs> Do you, I'm not finished, Dad. You know, Kaylee used to go, Kaylee used to go, it was so funny. Why aren't you laughing? I was like, I'm laughing on the inside, baby. <laughs> I am. I'm laughing on the inside because I've heard the same thing like 12 times, right? I can only go, it was great so many times. But see, we have to understand that in verse 7 when it says, do not pray with vain repetition as the heathen do, this is a, this is a time period that is a lot like our Muslim people that's over here or 
maybe even Catholic people that they tell you to go do five Hail Marys or whatever. Well, what did the Hail Mary give you? Touchdown. <laughs> you know, you know, Barry, that's probably the only thing a Hail Mary's ever gotten anybody. You know, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Because I don't think it, I don't think it answered any prayers. I don't think God was going, okay, you're going to pray to Mary. That's great. You know, I had, a, I had a boss of mine. I think he's passed on now. But he, this was 20 years ago. He used, I was trying to sell our house. We were trying to sell a house. And, and he goes, go take Joseph, a figurine of Joseph, and write on a parchment paper the day you want to do it. And you wrap him up and you bury him in the backyard. And, and all, all my Catholic friends were like, oh, yeah, it'll work. It'll work. It'll work. <laughs> and I was going, and I mean, I thought about that for a few minutes. And I was like, we've been wanting to sell this house. So maybe the figurine will sell the house for us. I don't know. But do you know that there was a point where, where prayer was out the window for that? We got into something else like superstition. You know, superstition is something that Jesus dealt with that we deal with on a daily basis. Does anybody know of any other hypocritical type of prayers? And I mean, it could be anything. I mean, you know, when, when, you're, talking, when you're talking about having a relationship with God, what makes you a hypocrite? That's probably a better, a, a better question. Anybody? Prayers that target other people. That is a good one right there. Dear Lord, if you would just go and smite them down in the name of Jesus. You know, that's a, that, that's a really good hypocritical prayer. You know, do you know that, that a lot of the prayers that we have to God, and I've said, I said this the other day, it was like, you know, if I'm sitting there talking to God and I'm telling him, I've prayed for 25 minutes and 25 out of 25 minutes is telling him about my problem. Do you know that he's going, I already know your problem. In fact, you've told me a bunch of stuff that wasn't your problem. You just perceive it to be your problem because the person speaking right now is the problem. See, that's when we talk about hypocritical prayers. You know, yes, there's bad things that happen. I mean, we can... We can talk about all kinds of things that happen to us. And, and that's the, those things need to be prayed. Lord, help me get out of this. You have to try to explain to God why you did something. That is a great one. <laughs> you know, explaining to God why you did something is probably up there, is probably up there with the, it never made it past your nose, yeah. right? Have you ever been sitting there trying to reason it out in your head? Not just explain it, but before you went to God to go pray it, you were sitting there going, well, they said this, so I'm sure that when I said that they were stupid and ugly, that that was justified. Wasn't it, Lord? Do you know that, I will also tell you this, and I know this sounds really weird, but you guys can disagree with me if you want to, but... I have found that every time I go into a hypocritical prayer, I don't pray to God that is dwelling with me. I pray out here. God, help me. You know, saying God help me is not a problem. But, you know, God help me because 
I did a bad thing, but I want to blame it on them. See, because we're still, we still fight the, the sin nature that tries to rise up in us from Adam. What did Adam do when he sinned? He ran away from God. He blamed the woman. You know that that woman that, that God gave him, you know, she had a problem. But he followed, right? I mean, he knew what was happening. Do you know that in, in every one of these truths that Jesus was trying to help these people? He was trying to help the Pharisees. See, when he called them a hypocrite, he wasn't going, hey, I want to make you angry. He was going, you're doing something hypocritical. You're being like the heathen, but you are against the heathen, right? So, you know, when I think about things like this, I think about, you know, Matthew chapter 6, you know, it goes through and talks about how, you know, the lilies of the field was arrayed better than Solomon. So if you got to pay your bills and you're going, this dang car payment that I took on, man, God, you got you to gotta get it off of me. God goes, sell the car, and you go, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> Do you know that there's a problem when, when we walk through here and look at like verse 8, and it says, Therefore, do not be like those heathen, don't be like those people, for, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask of him. Do you know that it starts becoming hypocritical if I start trying to explain something that God already knows? Because I start trying to add my flavor to it when he didn't even need to know the other side because he saw the other side. You know, there's a lot of times where, you know, I think we do this in worship as well. We, we go, okay, Lord, we got to get through these songs. These people love to sing those songs just over and over and over again. They sing the same chorus over and over again. It's almost like they think, I don't know what the chorus is. And maybe because I'm not singing it, they, they think that. But, you know, they, they think that I don't know it, right? Right here in Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 11, and it says, Then the scribes and the Pharisees, man, scribes and the Pharisees chased him around like nobody's business. But it says, then the scribes and the Pharisees who were, with, who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus and said, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? Do you know that I, I find that a lot of people, and I used this, this last week, probably some people were upset by it. I don't care. But this was the thing. You know, if you go and talk to people who come out of a traditional church and they had a piano and they had the hymn book and it's like, turn over to page 36 and sing, just, you know, come as you are or whatever it is. You're like, you're like, hey, that's, that was music that was like hip and going, you know, like 300 years ago, right? I mean, we're not talking about something that people actually listen to on a day-to-day -day basis. And by the way, I don't typically go and sit down in people's cars and they're listening to bun, 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 you know, old mighty cross. I mean, it, they, you know, they may have country music playing. They may have, they may have everything but the, what you get out of a hymnal, right? See, we can have hypocritical worship. Because people go, I don't worship unless it's a certain style. 
And see, that's that's exactly what the that's what, that's what the Pharisees did was they created their own little tradition here, and they're like, you're worshiping God by pouring water, holy water over your hand a certain way to wash off the sin off the top of it and then to wash it off of this side. And then now that you touch the cup, this hand's now dirty again, but the holy water's still good. And now you can wash the top and you wash this off and you can eat with one hand. How does that sound? Does that sound like freedom to you guys? Man, you guys got the freedom if you're able to like eat with this hand. I know I touch my face. Now it'd be, I got to do it all over again. They watch the... They watch Jesus walk around and grab the heads out of like, you know, wheat and grain and eat it. Do you know that they were just flabbergasted? Well, you're not taking on our traditional music. You're not taking on our traditional ways. You don't eat the way that we, you don't talk the way you do. You don't come in and, and bow down and kiss the ring, you know, if we were, if we were all under the Catholic Church, people go and kiss the Pope's ring. They, you know, have incense things and they go around and they say prayers while they're doing the incense. And you're like, why? Why did you do it? Well, it's because we've always done it. No, you didn't. You didn't always do it. You know, they want to say Peter's the Pope. But I never see Peter going around with incense going, you know, in Latin. You know, and he's doing this thing. He didn't even know Latin. He probably barely knew Greek and he probably barely knew Hebrew. You know why? Because he was a fisherman. Now, Paul would have been a different guy. He probably knew multiple languages and everything. But see, we have to understand that, that worship is just like prayer in the, because it is a part of prayer. In fact, it says right here, I'm going to go back down to verse 7 and it says, hypocrites, he's talking about these people that are putting all these traditions on people. He says, hypocrites, well did Isaiah the prophet, uh, no, Isaiah prophesied about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart, their belief system is far from me and in vain they worship me. You know, in vanity, when we worship, we, we sometimes do it because it was a good day. Sometimes we do it because our friends do it. Sometimes we do it because it's the cool thing to do. I use the, the thing, the Gaither, the Gaither Choir. Just go and watch. I mean, I'm not lying to you guys. I promise. I'm not trying to be hypocritical. But you go and watch some of these, these singings, and they'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden you'll see they'll be up there singing, and it'll be like some lady's just belting it out, you know, and she takes her shoe off, and she, she goes hallelujah and she throws it and you're like whoa what just happened and that's baptist people by the way that's not that's not pentecostals okay oh that that we do have a shoe drive so if you want to throw your shoes towards the back of the sanctuary they will get in the tub but do you know that there's a, a point here that i want you to understand is that in everything that we do why why do we do it? Why? Is it for God? Or is it because I want to be seen? Is it because I want to look good with my friends? You know, if you never walk, listen to the Gaithers, but you go with them, and the thing is, you're like, woo, this is the greatest thing ever because my friend just threw her shoe. I'm going to throw my shoe. You know that that's called peer pressure. 
That's hypocritical. You know, that's the problem with our society is that back in the 90s, it was peer pressure. It was like smoke dope, listen to rock and roll, and, you know, go sleep with whomever. Well, that was the way that they peer pressured you back in the 80s and the 90s, right? Well, nowadays, it's peer pressuring you to go, well, if somebody wants to dress up like a a girl and they're a boy, then you have to say that that's good. See, we're worshiping man over worshiping God. And see, what we do is we hurt those people that are having this issue. We're hurting their sensibilities because what happens is, is that they, the more they get a, a good response, the more they go into that. And then the more they go into that, they get themselves out into a place to where they can't dig themselves out because no one told them the truth. See, we need to worship God in spirit and in truth. And when the spirit says, no, don't go do that. You know, I don't think it's a good thing if a transgender person or a homosexual or whatever has an issue and they're doing something that we go and we, or we rail against them. Don't do that. But if somebody does have that, be led by the Holy Ghost to give them spirit and truth. Because that's the only thing that's going to change them. Did you have something? Okay. I, I just, my, this, is, this is the heart of worship. Is that hypocritically, we can go and try to be like everybody else. And what's cool right now means that a lot of times I'm not doing what God wants me to do. And see, when we worship, we don't just worship with our, with our lips. You know, when I was a kid, I went to West Jefferson. Everybody would drink and fight and do all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, if you said something about Jesus, they'd beat you to death. You know, because they were taught all their life, you got to love Jesus. So, yeah, I do, but I'm not going to follow him. I'm just going to go get in a fight for him. Well, that's hypocritical. That's, I said something with my lips when it became appropriate in my mind because of my upbringing. My mama would kick my butt. That, I remember there was a guy that I got that, I mean, the guy cussed like a sailor. He drank like a fish. He smoked like a chimney stack. This dude, he knew how to sin like it was nobody's business, and he was good at it. And I remember we were sitting there, and one of these guys said, guy said, GD, like that. And he goes, you better not say that again, boy. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, you just took the Lord's name in vain, and I'm going to come over there and kick your blank like that. I was like, I was like man, that's one way to witness right there. <laughs> Now, the problem was is that they both started drinking and they didn't care what was going on, right? But see, this is the thing is that we need to understand that that Jesus was trying to give us the ability to, to go into the world, use what he had put in us, and then go out there and put it in, in people. I love it in verse, verse 11 and it says, it says, not... Uh, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. You know that whatever we say, that's going to be what that's going to be what's going to offend our heart. And the more you speak, the more you keep hypocriting yourself out. Oh, I keep weeding up 
all my belief system. Eventually you get to the point to where you're like, I don't know if I really believe that because every time I speak about it, I say the wrong things, so eventually I start believing it. That's, that, that's exactly how people fall away if they've been with Jesus for a long period of time. The way they fall away is that they, they, they get to saying the wrong thing and eventually start believing it. They, they then apostatize because what happens is, is they, they keep speaking untruths and they feel their heart full of just lies. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this really, really quick because some of y'all probably have seen, I, I, I talked about this on Sunday, but, but some of y'all probably saw this. You know, the word in the Greek for prayer is prosunomai, and this word right here means to supplicate, to worship, to pray. In fact, the Hebrew is palala, and it means to judge, to meditate, and to intercede. This word prosutomai is a compound word. It really means to move towards, and this is in your mind, move towards, and ukamai means wish. It means I have a near wish. And I, I use this example. If I've been out of town for a long time and Heather and the kids have been away from me, do you know that I start wishing to see them? You know, I've had that happen to me multiple times. Do you know, I've got my, my in-laws here and we're about to go to San Antonio. I'm sure that you guys have near wishing all the time to go see the grandbabies, right? Do you know that in all of that, we're supposed to pray in a near wish. We're supposed to see what is happening in the spirit. We're supposed to pray his word we need to see his word come to pass. In fact, the Webster's Dictionary calls a wish thinking about something that you want and hoping that you will get it. See, we need to have hope before we can have faith. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we pray is because we are in the middle of hope. Lord, help me. I'm reaching out for hope so that I can gain faith. In fact, it says here also wishes Good thoughts and feelings directed towards a person. Have you ever had somebody, they were like, you know, oh, I'm sick today. And somebody goes, well, I'm sending out good wishes to you. Well, you know, I, the heart is what matters about that, right? But, but wishes, really, when it's all said and done, means that I, that I see you and I see you overcome. Do you know, when I am away from Heather... I see her and I see myself embracing her. I see myself being home. I see myself having communion with my family. Do you know that when all of that is said and done, that is a good prayer. You know, a good prayer is seeing somebody to the other side. If they have cancer, I'm praying and I'm painting a picture on the inside of them that when I pray that they see it. That cancer is dead and gone. It is shriveling up right now in Jesus' name. You are coming to the other side of it. You're going to walk in complete health. Do you know I just painted a picture? That picture on the other side is I see this person healthy. I'm seeing them walk around. I'm seeing them do stuff. Do you know that this is the way that we need to do for both prayer and for worship? In fact, this word worship is the same compound word for the first part, pros, and then it's... Um, it's kino, and it means to kiss the hand. It'd be like a near kiss. It'd be like when my wife, I grab her hand. 
Do you know that that right there is, is a form of adoration? You know, it's worship. I, I, give you my, I give you my heart. Do you know worship is one of those things where if I'm painting a picture on the inside of me, then I get to see it. I said this the other day. You know, there's a song we did years and years ago at VCF when I was doing youth, and it was Mighty Warrior. Every time I hear that song, I just, it paints a picture on the inside of me. I don't know. We, we actually were messing around talking about this. Pastor Jim's was uh, wearing army dress for battle. Remember, I don't know if you all remember when Pastor Jim, we would sing that thing. We would sing it for 30 minutes. And it was because it just lit his wood. I mean, it, we, were, we were in the spirit. Everybody was dancing around. He was over there dancing around. It was good because it caused him to see something. Do you know that this is the way that we should be when we worship? We should see just like it's, our, it's your breath in our lungs. I said, close your eyes and imagine God just breathing into your mouth. You know that this is one of the ways that we can worship. We can sit there. We can have communion with Him. See, worship is not just about, oh, we sang three songs. And in those three songs, we sang that chorus over and over again. Good Lord, would y'all quit. You know that the reason why we sing it over and over again is because you're not doing anything, right? You're supposed to be seeing it. We're wanting you to sing it and see it, not going, I've never seen this before. You know, we used to have this guy that we did praise and worship with. I loved him. But he, he would want to do a new song every week. He would want to do three new songs every week. And you'd be like, people don't know them. I don't know them. I mean, I'm literally over there playing, looking at the music, going, what in the world are we doing? And eventually we had to go, look, man, those are great. We just learned like 12 songs in like four weeks. Let's maybe reuse those a couple of times. I want it to be fresh. Well, you know what? You may think it's fresh, but those people never even got it into their heart. They never even saw it. Do you know that when we sang, I think we would sing a song like three times. Three times was like the, the sweet spot and people would just be entering in. And that was the reason why we, would, we do songs over and over and over again is so that we as a congregation can see it. All right. I think this is going to be the last one I'm going to do for tonight. But true worshipers worship in spirit and truth. John 4, 21, it says, Jesus said unto her, the woman at the well, Woman, believe me, the hour has come when we will neither on this mountain worship nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is come, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And for the Father is seeking. So the Father's doing something. See, the Father's not sitting up there on the throne going, I'm waiting for my worshipers. Come on, worshipers. Bring the worshipers out. Come on. No, God is up there and he's seeking. He's doing something. See, it says here, this word zito means seek out to think or to meditate. Do you know meditation, God is meditating about you. 
He's thinking about you. He's trying to get things to you. He's trying to get you to do some things because it's going to be beneficial to you. You know, it would be like if we had an ant bed out here. If I went and stood in the ant bed, do you think it's beneficial to me? Do you think that a stupid person would move away from the ant bed? Absolutely. But do you know that most of the time we're too stupid? Well, let me, let me rephrase that, okay? We're too ignorant to know that we're standing in the ant bed. And God's going, let's get you out of the ant bed. Move out of the ant bed. Come on, get out of the ant bed. Do you know that when you finally get a hold of God's word and you start going, man, I've been standing in the ant bed. You know, you're like, whoa, that was awesome for me to get out of the ant bed. But you know that most people, they stand in the ant bed and they're like, I don't know why I feel so bad. Ugh, it hurts. It feels like something's biting me. I don't know why. I'm not going to look down, though, because if I look down, I might find something bad. And God's going, I don't want you to know about the bad thing, but I want you to move. You know, sometimes the best thing for you to do is to see yourself on the other side. It doesn't mean that you've got to sit there and understand the ant bed. Why do those ants even build it right here? Why, why do we got an ant bed right here? What did they do? Let me ask an ant. You know, it doesn't matter. Move and get out of the way. In fact, it says here in verse 25, and it says, And the woman said, And I know the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said unto her, I who speak to you am he. You know, I put all these these photos up here because these photos represent somebody taking an imagination and thinking about it. Michelangelo painted, you know, Adam and God in, in the bridge. They were touching fingers. Do you know that, that this is one of the things that we need to understand is that just like an artist, God created that same imagination on the inside of us so that we can have artful relationship with him. You know, the more you paint a picture on the inside of yourself, the more that you're going to be able to paint your life out. I'm going to say it again because it was good and I don't think everybody got it. Do you know that the more you're able to see your life and to see in your imagination the things that are on the other side, you can start painting it. You start painting your health. You start painting your prosperity. You start going, I know something's good on the other side. You know, it's kind of funny is I used to paint those things on the inside of me and when I got to the other side it was better than I thought yeah. you know that was one of the things that that uh, I believe it was um, Michelangelo I think he was was it Michelangelo did David where he he made the the statue of David you know that he made the he made the comment that he always knew David was in there. He just had to get the block and the dirt and the rocks away from him. Do you know that when it came out, he said it was better than I thought it was going to be? You know why? Because when we first start out, we can't see. We're only seeing a little bit. <coughs> Do you know God wants you to see something? Because if he made the picture too HD for you, you would, you would probably get scared. But if you can see enough to get to the next step, if you can get to the next place, if you can just keep going, then he's going to keep painting on that picture, right? Amen. I want everybody's head bowed and eyes closed. You know, 
I can teach and I can preach on on worship and I can preach and teach on prayer and I can I can help you to see and I can get you to a point to where you go, yeah, I think I understand this. But without practice, it doesn't become perfect. We have to be the ones that we paint that image every single day. Hey, how about multiple times a day? How about taking time 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes and just thinking about what God is doing in your life? Especially when things are bad. Take the time out and have a God moment. You know, we need to meditate until we illuminate. And when we illuminate, then we can go and paint that picture. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. I just pray over each and every person that's at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Father, that you're bringing about an understanding about how they can meditate, how they can imagine, how they can paint the pictures of God's Word that by, that, that by hearing the Word that we obtain faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That we can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens us. That you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. Father, I just thank you that you are continually pulling out those scriptures. Things like 1 Peter 2, 24 where it says, By his stripes we were healed. So if we were healed, we are health. And painting those things on the inside of us so that we can walk them out on the other side. And Father, I just pray, dear Lord, that you're giving them opportunity this week to help paint pictures in other people. That when they go pray, that they tell them, hey, I want to paint a picture on the inside of you that you and I both can agree with. See, because it says that if any two shall agree, that it shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if we paint those pictures, if we go in a direction, then he is in the midst of us. Do you know that this is, the, this is the thing, Father, that I want them to be able to do is to go paint pictures for other people. Father, I pray, dear Lord, that you just continually bless them, that goodness and mercy are following them, and that they see the goodness and mercy come to pass in their heart and in their mind, their belief system, that if there's any rocks in there, Father, you're helping them to get it out, that you're bringing people across their path, that the Holy Spirit is just renewing everything that's on the inside of them so that they can plant seeds of goodness and that they can reap the harvest. And Father, I pray over each and every one of them. I thank you, dear Lord, that they're going to have a great rest of their week and have a great weekend. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.